All right, you guys, we are in for a real treat today on the first official episode of Mama to Mamas. We have my soul sister on of almost 20 years, Stacey Glenn. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> what's up? What's up? <laughs> Thanks it's for official. having me, Jeans. It's official. It's official. So... A little intro on Stace. I have been learning about the ins and outs of motherhood from Stace for 12 of those 20 years. I think I learned what pumping was from you, Stace, because as you recall, when we worked together, I would pull a chair with you into the big stall while you pumped. I mean, let's just talk about that. I pumped in a bathroom stall. I mean, that could be a whole podcast. No mother's rooms. Right. That's like illegal now. (laughs) We've come so far. We've come very far. That had have been, what, like 2010, maybe? 2011? 2009. 2009. Okay, yes. So, yes. Well, we're going to take this heart-to-heart back to 2009 when I would sit with you while you pumped. So, anyways, all that to say, I've been learning about the ins and outs of the things that no one tells you about motherhood, like pumping, pumping from you for 12 years. So, we are very lucky to have you because I know this conversation will be very full of wisdom. Uh, quick uh, background on Stace. Uh, she is a mom to three boys who are eight, nine, and 12. I got that right, right? You did. I was telling Pat that last night, and he's like, wait, eight and nine? They're that close together? Well, I, Beckett's going to be 10 in July, so we can, That's right. you know, there's 18 months between those two. Okay, I was going to say, it's not Irish twins, but it's no. almost close. Okay, so again, she's still standing after three boys, so she's going to have a lot of wisdom to share with us today. Um, and Stace lives in Mill Valley, Mill Valley with her husband and three little ones. And also, small plug, she has an amazing, unique events company called A Kindred Thread that you must check out um, for more goodness and wisdom sharing. Thanks, Jane. Of course. Okay, are we ready? We are as ready as we're gonna be. <laughs> Buckle up! I can't, I can't wait till one of your boys runs in the room. <laughs> <laughs> they will. It's almost. I mean, it's late night. We were at the ballpark, so cool. we are coming home. Had a rush dinner, and I've asked them to please make me proud and put themselves to bed. So we'll see. <laughs> Keith is there, but we'll see how smoothly it goes. <laughs> okay, so what I want to start off with to set the scene with. 2009, when I remember the day I found out you were pregnant, we worked together, you went to an appointment, before you went to the appointment, you like kind of let on that you thought maybe something was up, and that was the morning, and I walked down to meet you on the corner of, it was like Sacramento and Sansom, and I still, this is really creepy, but I still remember what you were wearing, you were wearing a gray sweater dress, <laughs> gray oh heels, <laughs> and... Um, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Tell me it was in fashion then. It was definitely in fashion then. And you had just come from the doctor and you were like, jeez, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I remember I like I think I I was so excited for you. I think I picked you up and hugged you. And that memory is just burned in my brain. <laughs> I mean, you literally were the first person I told. And it was like I think one of the moments that sealed our sisterhood into like real soul sisterhood was that like you were that person for me. Yeah. I mean, we spent all day together. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 
<laughs> okay, and then the other one, I don't remember Beckett, but I remember Ryder, your third. Um, you visited me in New York, and let's just say that was the last, like, fun drink you had for the next nine months. Well, you know, that's you really went all out. <laughs> that's one of my favorite stories, because, I mean, I was visiting you in New York. We were living sex in the city moments. I had yeah. left two kids at home, and we were out. We were drinking. We were going to late night dinners, and I remember coming home and, like, rummaging through your like cupboards and like we just came from dinner and I was like I know but I am still hungry I think something's up I missed my period and you're like well do you want to take a test and I looked you in the eyes and I said no way I said we are finishing this weekend and then I'll go home and find out and that just goes to show the difference between what happens with your first pregnancy your first baby and then your third or whatever number you end on. <laughs> totally. You realize that it's all going to be okay if you have that one night of party. <laughs> you drink do. Yeah. You do. Well, I heard that's reminding me when I found out I was pregnant, I was on a girls weekend in San Diego and thought that I got my period. I was like, so bummed. It had been like six months of trying. I was like, dang it, another month. I was like, all right, at least I can live it up this weekend. And then the next day it was gone. And I was like, wait, that's odd. <laughs> so hmm. anyways, I too lived it up that weekend. Probably a little more cautiously because in the back of my head, I was like, and it's my first, right? <laughs> so in the back of my head, I was like, I don't want to like hurt this little tiny <laughs> thing that's brewing in there. So uh, yes. Oh, those moments are fun. Okay, so when I found out I was having Maddox, um, or my sweet baby boy, and you obviously have three amazing boys, you told me that being a mom of boys is a big job. And I think this was in a text message somewhere, and I looked for it, and I couldn't find it. But tell me your thoughts on what is so important and special right now in this day and age of being a mom of boys yeah i i really do believe it and i see it over and over again that in a time you know with the age we live in with me too and girl power and girls really owning their power and confidence and yeah. you know a lot of males being put down or put on the spot for the misogynistic culture that we've lived in for so long like to break old habits, let's say, right, that have just mm -hmm. been systemic in our culture and to build new ones, to build really emotionally strong, vulnerable, compassionate, empathetic boys is something that I think the universe honestly is picking the best of the best mamas to do that, the ones that are capable of tapping in there. And not just mamas, I mean, the dads too, right? Like I think it comes, there's so much in modeling, but I do think that it's a really, really important job more so than ever to raise these awesome little boys so I think it's a real privilege yeah it's like it's raising and to be like conscious and there's like a spiritual element of it I feel like and that's I feel like yeah it takes you know I'm doing my best to be as spiritual and soulful and grounded as possible in this motherhood journey it can often be hard especially <laughs> at the beginning right <laughs> when it's just hard to kind of keep yourself grounded in these moments of stress and, you know, all that. But yeah, I think I, I totally agree with you. There's something there about 
you know, your babies, I believe, like choose you, right, as souls. Yeah, and so, yeah, so, um, yeah, you're right. There is something there with it. Yeah. And I remember that conversation we had because all you've known, and I think all Patrick's known, are girls, right? You've been yes. surrounded by girls who grew up with girls. And I remember saying, Jeans, it's actually going to be so great because it, this is the challenge. This is yeah. what we get to do. And there's real, I think, um, a lot of fun. And it, it makes it, I feel like, it makes me want to embrace because I want these boys to grow up and yeah. be so capable of all they can be. Yeah. Um, I will say this now because he's here, Earthside, and <laughs> the sweetest little angel ever. But I'll be the first to tell you that when I first found out, I was like, wait, what? I can't be, I, can't, I don't know how to be a, bo- a mom of a boy, like you said, because there's so many girls surrounding us. But <laughs> I, think, I think it's so much easier, a lot less fold. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Totally. Um, but I guess um, one thing that maybe they don't tell you about like becoming a mom is that once your baby comes out, you just realize instantly like how perfect that baby is for you. You know, like, like all the, that moment at the beginning where it was like, you know, you're so like, what am I going to have boy or girl? And you may have your heart set on one. Like as soon as that baby comes out, you totally forget about that. You know, it doesn't even matter. You're just like, this is meant to be. Absolutely. It truly is that remarkable moment. Um, okay. One, one more thing on um, being among boys. What do you feel like um, is the hardest thing and then maybe the most rewarding thing for you thus far mm-hmm. on this you know, 12, 12 years? Of, of oh, I mean, it's just parenting is hard, right? Like it's so wonderful and it's so hard. So I'd say like the hardest thing is for me, um, the wildness of boys, Mm. like the energy. Mm -hmm. And I, I also think it's one, you know, it's double-edged sword. It's one of the most amazing qualities, but like my, the inside of my house, my white walls of our beautiful (laughs) home, like they're not white anymore and my boys literally drag their fingers down the hall and I'm like wait why do you have to touch the wall I don't understand and like there's just this wildness that you're like wow this is intense so sometimes and that energy just builds on itself so sometimes being the only female in the house I do get that sense of overwhelmedness a lot and I just want a little sanctuary um but the most rewarding part, I think, is watching them out in the world and seeing the work that you hope you're putting into it yeah. be start paying off, whether it's a neighbor or a friend that says, hey, I saw Kern Beckett, a writer out in the world, and they were doing this, or they are so cute, their brother, they're so kind. They're Just when you start to get that feedback and see everything you're pouring your heart into yeah. start to pay off, you're like, okay, well, that makes that a hard times worth it. Um, yeah. So I think like those are the easy answers. And there's, there's hard stages, I think, at every life. And my hard one was really just encapsulating all the stages. This boy energy is a lot compared to like, yeah. I, and, and I am totally botching this because I only see it one way. But, you know, girls seem to just sit and play and can complete <laughs> complete a project if you're doing a craft boys 
So, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you're not alone in that. That's what everyone says. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you feel like now looking back, did you feel like you were like in your gut? Did you know you were going to have all boys? Oh my gosh, James, have I not told you this? Like, I was thinking, I, I was like, I must have asked her this before. Oh my gosh. I, so I am my sister and I, and then I have two older half sisters and all I ever wanted growing up was an older brother. Like I was a tomboy. Mm. I had a bunch of guy friends and I never found a good, I mean, I had good girlfriends, but not like a tight crew of girlfriends growing up. And so I always wish like from the time I was little and would play house that I had three boys and I swear, I think I just put it out into the universe for so long that it came true. See, I don't know if you've ever told me that after all this that time, that I, gives, I, me, gives me goosebumps. I can't believe it. Yeah. It is the one thing that I just knew in my core that mm. it was what I wanted. And maybe it's because I think raising girl or seeing my sister and I, or my older sisters, like maybe scared me <laughs> just the dynamic of <laughs> being a mom with a daughter but um no I I swear I willed it into the universe I love that so much oh it's so good okay so next topic I want to cover with you is we'll call it feeding your baby <laughs> um so this has, you know, and again, people probably heard on the intro episode and probably have read it on Mama to Mamas, but I definitely had my fair share of postpartum anxiety. And I would say the biggest source of, one of the biggest sources of anxiety to me probably was feeding Maddox, making sure he got enough food. He was born really tiny. One thing that I didn't know about when you become a mom and, um, at least the, uh, what happens to the baby is oftentimes they drop in weight. And so he was 5'10", you know, and then he's at the hospital and he had low blood sugar and he's dropping to five. I don't even remember what he dropped to, five something. And then, you know, them having to give him glucose drops and formula right away. And just like, it was, it was so new and so overwhelming. And I never, before having a baby, I never thought twice about it. I thought, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be a superpower breastfeeder, yeah. you know, like it's going to be so easy. Didn't know anything about latching and if that would be hard. And just, I, it just, I didn't even think twice about feeding my baby. I thought, oh, they'll just, they'll tell me when they're hungry. They'll tell me when they're full, easy peasy, like no big deal. And has been just probably this. So, and again, like, you know, we all, are in control of like, you know, our thoughts. And, and this has just been a hard one to kind of like be um, calm about. So, and I want to bring this up because I remember when you first had Curran, you, I remember coming over, this is before like apps and digital technology where you could track things, but I remember your log of like <laughs> when you would feed Curran. <laughs> so, and right boom, I left still, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, six months in, almost still do that. And like, you know, I don't know, admittedly, if that's ridiculous six months in, but I still, I don't track, write it down. Like, you know, that was many years ago. Now there's apps for it. So I still track. So I just want to talk about like, there's so many things to unpack about feeding your baby. And I know you had, you know, a unique journey too, especially with, with Curran, but you know, what, 
what stands out to you about that time? Like first baby, bring him home. And were you surprised too? Or like, what was your um, experience? Oh, it like brings me right back. Like listening to you just go through that. And I think it's something we all as moms share is that, oh my gosh, this baby is now here. And we are solely responsible for keeping it alive. And truthfully, at that moment, like it is a mom's job to breastfeed and that is how the baby <laughs> sustains, right? And so the amount of built-in pressure, I think is built innately in us. And so similar to Maddox Kern was born, he was born six and a half pounds and he dropped and my milk was slow to come in. So the first night he like didn't eat and we went to the doctor's appointment, I don't know, two days after we were released from the hospital or something, you know, and he had dropped close to a pound and the doctor's like, oh, you know, here, we're going to have to give you formula. And I remember like we finished the appointment and I went and sat in the car and I just bawled mm -hmm. and I was like, A, just so many emotions, right? Coming <laughs> postpartum, mm -hmm. but but I was like, oh my God, am I not keeping him alive? Like, is he going to make it? Like those were yeah. the dark thoughts yeah. in my head. And I'm like, I have to give him formula. This is not work. Like what? I never thought I wasn't going to be able to breastfeed. And I remember like we gave him one bottle of formula and he was so satiated and happy. And the <sighs> next day my milk came in and I was able to breastfeed him, no problem. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like no matter how the baby gets fed, whether it's breast milk or formula or combination of, right? Or pumping into a bottle, as long as the baby's fed and you've got a happy camper and makes your job easier and less stress, like it's gonna be okay. Like, and that yeah. I think was the forever mantra. Like Kern was third percentile, third. Yeah. For yeah, forever, and it's just so scary. So it's it's hard not to say, oh, don't worry about it, because every mom has that. Like, yeah, you know. And there was points where, like, I think it was kind of in fashion to like go to this baby center and weigh your baby pre eating and post eating. Yes. I and did that you know, once. And, yeah, and you're and so you look back and you're like, what was I doing? Yeah, but we do it out of love and because we just it's such a new new for us <laughs> we're just yeah trying to find our way totally when I did that I think he had like drank two ounces and I was like well, what you, that's it what do you mean he ate for 10 minutes you only got two ounces what? Yeah, and then you it, spiraled it's like why yeah. do we do that to ourselves yeah. I think something you know some of the things you're hitting on is you know, as a first-time mom, I think I didn't know that fed is best, which is like what you're saying. It doesn't matter if they're breastfed, formula fed. I don't know why there's such a stigma. I don't know if that's our generation or what. I think you probably asked, you know, our mom's generation and, you know, formula is like, that's formula was the way, not breastfeeding, right? Like it might My just My mom cool. said, yeah, formula was the way because it meant that you were wealthy enough to right to buy formula I was like that is just all of it's crazy right and it's all <laughs> the stuff that we're manufacturing in our brain yes. so that yes. that is best that is the key yes. takeaway for all those mamas out there fed yes. is best yeah that's definitely and I think letting go of any like hesitations or stigma you have around that 
uh, like feeding formula, I think is is so key. And I think the other thing you were saying, you touched on like your milk coming in. One thing I didn't know as a new mom is that it can take like five plus days for it to come. I think mine came like finally on like late the fifth day or something, maybe six. And yeah, you, you're just those first days, like they're, their stomach is the size of like a few, like a marble, not even, right? right? And they don't need that much. But those few first days can be stressful because you're like, I mean, I think the are they getting enough is like a big thing of breastfeeding because you know, you just truly don't know, like unless you pump and measure it, like you really don't know how, how much they're getting and you have to be okay just trusting the process and trusting that your baby will get enough. <laughs> yep. Trust. I think that's another key. Just trust. Huge. It's so. We, huge. we don't. I feel like because it's such an unknown, being a new parent, yeah. we don't trust ourselves enough. Like, yeah. Yep. And you learn to, right? You learn to, but at first you're just so wobbly. While you get your yeah. mama legs. Yep. Oh, so true. Um, last question on feeding for you is, you know, obviously you had. You went in, you went on to have two more. Um, well, I guess there's kind of two two parts to this. One, sure. do you feel like the second and the third, it was you knew what to expect, so you were a little bit lot more laissez-faire about it, is the first question. And then the second question is, does feeding concerns about what your baby, child, kid is consuming ever leave? <laughs> 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 Great question. Um, first question, as I had Beckett and Ryder, each of them were so different as far as how they consume food. And it's, all, it's I know you and I talk about this, like they're very much how they are now is how they were as babies, right? Kern was probably my pickiest eater and I, the fussiest eater. But then Beckett, he loved to eat the moment he came out and breastfeeding was just really natural for me and mm. for him. And I think that just says a lot just about second pregnancies as a whole, which I know we'll get into. Um, and then the third, it was just, I really soaked it up the third time because I knew he was probably my last. Um, and so I tried to savor every feeding and every moment and just cherish mm. it. But he, it was also easy. So I think it is this wonderful balance of you're more comfortable with it. You, you, you're getting your guinea pig. I always call Curran my guinea pig because yeah. he is and every, every day he is my guinea pig in parenting. And I say that with only love, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, that is the special thing about being the firstborn is you get a lot of privilege because like you are the firstborn, but you're also my guinea pig. So I'm sorry a lot too. <laughs> totally, um, totally. But so it did get easier as the kids went on. Um, and then do those worries and what your kids eat as they continue to grow, continue to stick with you. Of course they do, right? We want to, <laughs> them to eat their vegetables and have their protein and yeah. be really happy and Oh gosh, the candy. I mean, right now it's the candy and the sugar that I'm like, oh. you know, it just is so hard to find strike the balance of, oh my gosh, are your teeth going to fall out? Are you are you <laughs> going to throw up because you ate so much candy? Are you going to like just not be able to focus because you're on a sugar rush all the time? Yeah. To balance that with like, it's okay. Like yeah. candy tastes delicious as a kid, and we're all okay. Yeah. 
Okay, it's, it's good. It's good advice. It all it all equals out. It all balances out. It it does balance. That is best. Maybe with a little less cancer. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the motto as they keep growing. It is. <laughs> well, one thing you were saying about like you know second and third and then how it's so interesting like how they ate when they came out is like kind of still you kind of still see those tendencies which I think is an interesting nugget in in like wisdom that <laughs> then I'm thinking of Maddox I'm like okay he's gonna be like a snacker his whole life then <laughs> you just like eat little bits at a time which you know what there's nothing wrong with snacking <laughs> no somebody can need that yeah Okay, that was the first thing. And then the second thing, I think a little nugget that I picked up on is as you were kind of talking about, you know, Ryder being your last and you enjoying it, being a little more like relaxed with with Beckett. Like, I think one thing I want to tell myself and one thing I'm learning is like being able to feed your baby, no matter how you do it. And even if it doesn't always go well, because it doesn't always go well, you know, like you're going to five months, you're going to enter the distracted eating phase. And it's like, all they care about is looking around, staring at the ceiling fan, like turning their head, hitting you, smacking you, like putting their hands in your mouth. Like, like, so every, I think every chapter of breastfeeding or bottle feeding or formula feeding or baby, like comes with its, you know, there's, it's just every phase is different and it's always going to be, and it's never going to go like according to plan. I feel like nothing in motherhood goes according to plan, but what's kind of sticking out what you were talking about is like, and what I want to tell myself in this experience is like, just to be grateful that you can feed your baby. And those moments that like, yeah, like he is turning his head or those moments that like, there are these moments and it kind of brings me to tears where like, I'll be feeding him and he'll look me directly in the eye. Like he's locked eyes with me. And those moments don't last like super, super long, but like those 30 seconds that he'll lock eyes with me, like once a day while he's Mm -hmm. eating, it's just like, be grateful that like you get this opportunity to like nourish a a human oh my god I think like you hit the nail on the head like that at the end of the day that we have the ability to feed babies or our children as they grow and that they are nourished like yeah that that's gold right so to keep it so simple and you know I've always said this too like I think you and I always go back to it that like Life is simple, right? It's very complex. Yes. That is the first like, piece of advice you ever gave me, Stacey. But, 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 <laughs> I'll but never really forget is, it. And I like, but it always mm-hmm. goes back to those like simplest little nuggets that you take with you, like to nourish. He he ate. He's fine. Like yeah. yes, we want them to have good manners and to eat the right things. But at the end of the day, like oh, he yeah. he's nourished. He's fed. Yeah. Yeah it's so important to focus on like the positive and the good and the things you're grateful for as a mom, because it's so easy to focus on like what's not going right. (laughs) Yeah. And you easily overlook how much you're doing, right? Like we all miss up. I mean, that's life, right? Like, but you don't give yourself enough credit for the day-to-day job and that, and, and no matter who tells you, right, like you have yeah. to feel it in that motherhood, like with with your guinea pig, well, Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> Kern and Matt, maybe in a couple of years, Maddox can hit up Kern for some guinea pig advice. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. How do I deal with being the oldest <laughs> and having my mom trial everything out on me? <laughs> they love it. They love it. 
Okay, two more kind of like categories or topics I want to talk to you about is one is having multiple kids. And I want to talk to you about this not only because you have three, but because they're grown and healthy and thriving. And when Maddox first came out, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this again. Like, how do women have multiple children? Like, what? Like, I just, I still think my birth wasn't even that traumatic. I mean, you know, there's a couple weird things that happened, but like, it's, I was fine. And I still look back on it and think like, holy shit, that was like so intense. (laughs) How can I do that again? But what people always say, and I want your take on this is like, you forget, you forget the bad and the hard and you just remember the good. And I feel like you of all people states are just like newborn baby. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to know what the thought process is and how you, and maybe you just one day kind of come out, come out of the fog. Like I'm only almost six months in. So how do you decide to have multiple? Like, and, and do you really forget the hard things? Like what goes down? (laughs) I don't know if I have all the answers. I can give you my answers. <laughs> okay, your answer. <laughs> of course, always your um, answer. I, I just think it's the most fascinating thing from like pregnancy through childbirth that we grow these little babies inside us. Like that, it blows my mind. Like it is, and I know I said this to you a million times when you're pregnant. Like it's the coolest science experiment ever. <laughs> <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. And so at, through birth and even through postpartum, like as your body heals and y- you get back to normal and you're able to go about your life and breastfeeding is hard. And then on one day it's not like, as that starts to happen, you're like, holy cow, I'm doing it. I did this. And mm-hmm. yeah, I do want to do it again. And I'm sure there are people out there by all means, we're like, yeah, that was fun. It's like running a yeah. marathon. People say it's right. either one and done, or you're going to go on to run a million. I was yeah. one and done in that category, but like babies, I would do it <laughs> always and forever because it is just even, oh. even the hard parts of like being nauseous and like back pain or the sleepless nights, like it really does go by so quick. And then before you know it, like your kids are grown up running around and having a deal like middle school now it's like a whole nother podcast that we could talk about is like (laughs) you're teaching them life lessons rather than just like how to be in the world and Mm -hmm. so that innocence is something I'd go back to over and over again which is I think what you you will come to right like it's just like oh it wasn't so bad and let's let's try it again I think I could do better this I mean, it's kind of like, I feel like what you're saying, like the serious and then the silly is like, it's such a privilege to be a mom and to to like raise a human. And then like the silly aspect, just being like, like almost like, I think, yeah, like, I think I could do better. Like, let's try this again. (laughs) Like you you get more comfortable, you know, as, as you kind of touched on, like as with each, with each one. Right. Well, and it truly is in everything we do. I just don't think there's anything as profound as becoming a parent where you're like, wait, do I even know the tools? I didn't go to school for this. You know, like we all always have a bunch of firsts through lives, but that's the big one. So I think the opportunity or the chance that like, let's do this again. Let's, let's see. 
One thing that you talked about postpartum and like the healing process, like the healing part, I think one thing, one little you know, nugget I didn't know is like when you first give birth, you're like, oh my God, am I ever going to like heal? I'm never going to be like put back together, you know? And I know everyone has a different birth experience, you know, whether it's C-section or vaginal or, you know, there's so many different ways, you know, some people have an epidural, some people don't, you know, like it's such a personal journey and, you know, everyone's experience is different. You can try to have a plan and guaranteed nothing's going to go according to plan. Um, But I think, you know, as a first time mom at the beginning, I was like, holy cow, like, am I ever, like, I'm ever going to be able to sit on the Peloton seat again. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I'll just say for if there's any new moms listening, I think it took like six to eight weeks for (laughs) a little bit, like I could sit on that thing again. (laughs) Yeah. But also, I mean, last thing with this, because you have three, do you feel like every time you like the second time you're like, I know what to expect. And the third time you're like, okay, I double know what to expect. <laughs> I mean, in certain things, yes. And in other things, no, because each baby, like each soul is so unique. Like yeah. they truly are their own selves. So there's certain things like, oh, I remember how to swaddle. Sure. Or I remember, mm-hmm. oh, bring an extra change of clothes because the blood yeah. is bound to happen. So there's certain things you get smarter on. And then there's other things that you just are, are unique to that baby, you know, something yeah. like Ryder had bronchiolitis and he had to be on um, a nebulizer, a nebulizer. Yeah. I don't even know what it's called anymore, but you oh, know, and yeah. so there's just like, there could be new things. There's new curveballs with all. And yeah. so, but you do come from a place where it can still be scary because it has never happened before, but you have your footing as a parent, which I think is nice. You know, even when it's uncharted territory, you know, like these are my babies. I'm the fierce mama and I'm going to get through this because I got through everything that's come before. Yeah. Yeah. Including pushing that baby out. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Just thinking about it again. (laughs) Uh, I still giggle because one thing that I and you'll have to that I came to love postpartum was yeah. the big like net underwears with the ice <laughs> in the no. maxi pads that they would or ice in a diaper I think is what it, what they like give you to yes. like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes I would just like with Beckett and Ryder like yeah can I have a new one <laughs> this feels so much cooler down there anyways okay that's a really good example of like first time I was like oh my god I hate this but see like second and third you're like give me that oh yeah girl (laughs) oh gosh yeah it's those little things the like the spray that you have to put on there yeah the giant pads that absorb all the bleeding that's happening I mean yeah that could be for sure (laughs) um okay last topic and then we're going to end with three questions that I'm so excited to ask everybody who comes on and has a heart to heart um with me so last topic and I want to talk to you about this because it's something I really admire in you as a mom and as a woman is really um really having a great sense of balance, whether you feel like you have that or not from the outside looking in as your soul sister, I I see it. And really being able to have wear many hats and have a lot of roles, like 
still being a really good friend and making time for your girlfriends, making time for activities that light you up and making time for solo adventures and making time for your own business and being an entrepreneur and also like making time for your day job. You know, like there's, there's so much, I think as a woman, we want to do, and we all have goals and, you know, we still need to do things that nourish our own souls, even as a mom. And I think when you become a mom, you're so consumed with this new job and this new role you have. And I just want to know, like, you know, what what is your kind of um, approach to that? And also, do you feel like at first, you know, you were consumed and then you feel like you were able to like kind of get your kind of, you never lose your sense of self, but like get your footing back again. Like, how did that work for you? Yeah, I think it's a great question. There's so much to unpack in there because it's it, it goes back to like when you get on the plane, they say, you know, put your mask on first before yeah. you put your babies on. And I think that's a life lesson. Like you have to be able to be your fullest, best version of yourself, like whatever that entails, right? In order to really show up with presence and compassion to a family, um, both on good days and on bad. So, and I think it goes a lot to the partnership that you're in with whoever it might be, right? Like to understand and see that in each other, that in order to raise a great family, you want to be great partners, which then drills down to how are each individual needs met in that partnership both by the partner and also just by themselves like their own identity and you never want to lose that piece and I think that something that happens when you bring a baby into the world is you're pouring so much energy into this little being like not only to keep it alive and help it thrive but just because you're enamored by it like wow you created this little masterpiece Um, but then to be able to say okay like I've got my footing, like what, I need something. Like you just start to feel this little voice in you kind of say like, I need something, whether that is, I need to go for a walk by myself for 30 minutes a day, or I need Mm -hmm. to take a nap. Um, And just to allow yourself to do that without feeling guilty and to be away Mm -hmm. without having to control how that looks like for your partner and the baby when you're gone, right? Like to to learn. And I think it's all truly trial by error. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think like as, as a woman, especially as we become moms, and I think there's a lot more grace for it now in corporate America, but you used to want to be able to come in and be perfect at your job, be perfect at being a mom, be perfect at being you. And I think it's like great aspiration to have, but like, we know life is not perfect. Life is messy and there's like real beauty in the messiness. Um, So I think some of three kids in, right? Like with the first, I was able to kind of keep my shit really tight, really together, (laughs) you know, second, (laughs) okay, well, I forget some things, you know, but I was still making time for the things that filled my bucket. But like the the goal of perfection becomes less important because you really just want to be happy and present in all you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like loosening your expectations of what you thought it might be and just making sure that your needs are met and that you're doing what you need, whatever activity that is. Like for me, it's hiking, it's being with friends, it's seeing live music, um, it's taking days off to play with my kids, you know, it's being involved in their school. Um, so yeah. I think it's less about perfection and more just about like 
what makes me feel good because everything everyone's gonna be okay (laughs) totally we don't have to be perfect it kind of sounds like one of the things you're saying is being a mom of it forces you to really like if you do it if you do it I don't know what I'm trying to say not the right way but if you like really listen to yourself it kind of helps force you really get clear on like spending time on the things and people that matter because you realize like your time is precious you know whether you have one kid or five kids (laughs) and being able to do things that like light you up um and nourish your soul like you have to you know, the time is precious and you can't like waste your time on the things that, um, that don't, you know, foster that. Right. Like there's just no time for the fluff anymore. Right. Like you get pretty clear, pretty quick. And then the bigger your life gets, I think you're like, oh yeah, that's not worth it to me as much anymore where it used to be. And some of those decisions are really hard because it's stuff that you, it's sometimes relationships that you loved or things you loved doing that you're like, oh, actually, if I only have an hour to myself, I don't want to spend it that way. I want to spend it this way. And so it just, things get more clearly into focus. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that no one really talks about. Like, I think that's probably this, you know, entering motherhood, that chapter of life, like, I think that is kind of a byproduct, like that kind of that clarity um, right. on, yeah, like your time um, and setting boundaries. I think that's like a byproduct of it. Um, last thing on this is I went for my first, this has to do with like solo time. And you said like hikes and I went for my first solo run <laughs> the other night last, it was like last Tuesday. It was like a beautiful evening. I work out every day, mostly in this room I'm sitting in. Um, but if I go on walks, like I'll have Maddox strapped to me or like Pat will be with me. And I went for my first solo run and it was just like, it sounds so dorky, but I was like, I felt like I kind of got my groove back. I was like, I'm out. I am. And I have like almost six months postpartum. I mean, I don't know if that's embarrassing to admit, but no, it felt, so, it felt so nice. Right. That joy is sparked in you and you're like, oh my gosh, it, you know, you said it was an hour. It could have been 20 minutes, like whatever yeah. it is. You're like, oh, and, it, and it's those little things that you yeah. know you need. Right. And so don't neglect yeah. those because it's right. so easy to be like, oh, you know, I need to spend time with my baby because X, Y, or Z, right? Like there's, all, yeah. but that, those ways to find that joy do so much for us as moms that yeah. benefit the entire family. Like I, and I've watched friends not be able to find that as quickly. Like, and mm-hmm. when they do, it, they are like, oh my God, what was I doing all this time? Because with thought, it's not like just a little effort put towards it. It's it's easy to find, right? It's just making out the yeah. time and, and you have to know you're worth it. Totally. Yeah, so true. Oh, that's yeah, endorphins. I just oh, this, I turned that music up so loud. I listened to the same. Um, oh my God. It's like, oh, Desla and, um, oh and Oh my God! What is? Who's the? Why am I? Um, Leon Bridges. Um, I don't know why I haven't heard Odessa and Leon. Oh, okay, I need to listen. 
Okay. It is such a good side. I probably listened to it six times on repeat and I ran so fast. <laughs> this feels amazing. You did get your Anyways. group back up. <laughs> oh, but all that to say, yes, yes. It's you got to let go of the guilt, let go of the need to be like, I have to, you know, all these pressures we put on ourselves and just allow yourself to take the time. Okay. I my, I thought we were going to go like 20 to 30 minutes. Stace has been almost 45. So we're going to wrap it up here. Okay. Bring it on home. <laughs> okay. Last three questions. And these are the questions I'm going to ask everybody. And I think, you know, after several episodes into this, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see like what the thread that if there's, you know, kind of red threads threaded throughout these answers that people give. So first question I want to ask us, uh, ask you to take us um, home at the end of this episode is, is there or what is one thing that took you by surprise or you feel like no one ever talked about uh, before you were a mom that you learned was part of being a mom? What took you by surprise or you feel like no one ever talked about? Um, what took me by surprise initially, I mean, I can have so many answers for this, but I think one of the first times after we brought Kern home that I found myself thinking that was how much I missed Keith. So how much I missed my mm. partner, even though we were together night and day. Yes. Like so much of ourselves were being poured into this little baby that we just brought home that I would like look at him laying across the bed from me and be like, oh my God, I just miss you. Like, yeah. whoa, like conversation. And so I think like that was one of the first like, okay, well, we got to make sure to do those date nights or to grab a coffee or yeah. to find that connect because you still feel connected. It's just like, wow, I miss like the day to day, right? Like what we had pre this little person. That is so true. And something that I don't feel like anyone talked about before having a baby, but completely experienced something or experiencing something so similar is like your whole world goes into this little tiny being and you you have to look up and be like, oh yeah, the little, little tiny being is here because of the love I feel for my partner. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I have so many answers on that, but yes. I, okay. I, That's I, I get one. That's a really good one. Yes. Okay. Next one, take yourself back to the early days of your first baby. So Curran, whether it's coming home from the hospital, whether you're up at 3 a.m. in the nursing chair, whatever comes to mind those early days. If you could give that woman one piece of advice um, for that first time, first time mom version of you, what would it be? First, I'd give her a big hug and say, <laughs> girl, it is going to be okay. <laughs> Oh, right. Like it is just yeah. going to be okay. Like to, um, to not, uh, not to not try so hard, but to just give yourself a break. Like I, you know, like you, I feel like moms just, I, and I don't know where it comes from. Like you just think, you know, even though you have no idea right yeah. like yeah so to just like get out of your own way it's gonna be okay like you're doing great yeah that's so good yes and a hug for sure yes <laughs> <laughs> okay 
final question, Stace, is if you could sum up motherhood in one word or phrase, what would it be? I mean, this makes me teary-eyed, but it's a real privilege. Mm. It sounds so corny, but it is. It is, yeah. That's such yeah. a good one. Yes, not everyone is. I mean, it's a this. crazy, it is Mr. Toad's wild yeah. ride, but it's a privilege. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's a good answer, Stace. Oh, thanks. Oh, Jesus, it was so good. This is so fun. I Thank am you for so me. very honored. Thank you for having uh, the time to do this. I am so honored and I just am so appreciative and loved holding the space to just have this heart to heart, the uh, mama to mamas. Well, and <laughs> I really, all need. you know, I really acknowledge you for recognizing this, not in yourself, but really wanting to build a community and build ways to support new moms because it's a wonderful thing and it's also so intimidating when you're first getting into it. So yeah. I have no doubt you're going to help those moms and hey, for anyone out there, I'm there for hugs. I'm there to come back. Um, you're doing great. I'm giving you all big hugs. <laughs> you'll be the, you'll be Listen the whistling ghost. <laughs> Thanks, Stace. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in um, and we will see you very soon. Bye.